Welcome to the podcast, College Matters, Alma Matters. We podcast personal college stories and all things college. Check us out and subscribe at almamatters.io forward slash podcasts. To get things started, I asked Katie Doonigan of International Admissions at the University of Wisconsin-Madison about the importance of extracurriculars. Here's what she said. We're looking for a student who is not afraid of a challenge. So, you know, they, they're in a challenging curriculum. They're doing quite well in their studies, uh, but they're also active and engaged. And that could be through um, external activities. It could be through volunteer work. It can be through community participation. Um, Wisconsin was founded on this notion called the Wisconsin idea, which is where we want our students to take what they've learned in the classroom and apply it beyond those four walls. And so we're looking for that in our applicants. We're looking for students who, you know, they can do the work in the classroom, but we really want them to be influencing our, our campus community, our state, the world. And so we're looking for a student with, you know, a strong sense of, of self, of being willing to explore, Um, but still being up to an academic challenge. Welcome to our podcast, College Matters, Alma Matters. I'm your host, Venkat Raman. I'm excited to bring you the second segment of our 10-segment podcast series, A Guide to Build a Standout U.S. College Application. Today's segment is about extracurriculars and summer programs. This series is being created in collaboration with Admissionado, a US-based college counseling company. As you may remember, segment one in January was on holistic strategy for college applications. Here's a pop quiz based on segment one. Listen to this and we'll talk on the other side. We have a method, which we like to call the SPARK method. Um, Mm -hmm. Usually you spell SPARK with S-P-A-R-K, but Mm -hmm. our special because it has a C in it, it's S-P-A-R-C. And uh, I'm going to go into what each of these letters stands for in our SPARK method. Okay, we are looking for the answer to, what do the letters of S-P-A-R-C stand for. The first 10 correct answers will receive a free 30-minute counseling session over Google Meet. Email your answer to podcast at almamatters.io with the subject S-P-A-R-C. Good luck. Now, on with segment two. The events of this past year have elevated the importance of extracurriculars and summer programs. As you may know, a large number of US colleges are test optional for the fall 2022 applications. This means standardized tests like SAT and ACT are not required. This has resulted in a spike in the number of applications to the top colleges for the fall 2021. SAT is also pulling back from subject SATs. All this means that the weightage of the other parts of the application increases, like extracurriculars and the summer programs. 
These segments are aimed at students who are currently in the 11th standard and who plan to apply to U.S. colleges at the end of this year. In this segment, I'm joined by two experts, Athena Lau, head mentor at Admissionado, and someone you met in segment one, and Rob Franklin, a mentor at Admissionado. Before we dive into extracurriculars with Athena and Rob, let's hear from Seth Shapiro, a graduate of the University of Pennsylvania. So when I was in high school, I started off like so many people in their first couple of years with varied interests. I was interested in the sciences, in, in, uh, in, in the social sciences, and sort of everything in between. Mm-hmm. Um, and extracurricularly, I was very much across the board. Uh, so I started off interested in student government. I did some uh, many sports. I was musically inclined and so forth. And after once you any high school student knows that over time time is the limiting constraint yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so i started to zero in more and uh, i ended up becoming vice president of the high school my junior year and then uh, and then president of the high school my senior year which was sort of my most exciting contribution mm-hmm. um, i also was um, played in the all county orchestra as a french hornist and i played piano uh, for for over well over a decade and was classically trained uh, and then and then most, and then, and also I was uh, on the tennis teams, the soccer teams, and I fenced as well. So I had a lot of my, <laughs> uh, and those were the main things I did. And of course, um, I was very involved with the community and everything else as well. So I had a lot going for me and uh, all at the same time while trying to make, you know, maintain my good grades and, and be a good family member as well. Athena, um, Maybe we can start by talking about why you think the extracurriculars are so important or very important in the context of college applications. Yeah. Uh, So I think this is one of my favorite parts to talk about in the college admissions process, because Mm -hmm. extracurriculars can be a vehicle for understanding a student's personality in a way that grades just aren't able to capture. I think there's also something that is unique about the U.S. higher education system, too. Um, We know that in so many other systems, um, admission to universities is driven primarily by the grades and the test scores. It's very quantitative. Uh, But for the U.S., and maybe most of our listeners have heard of, if they have not, of holistic admissions. So the Mm -hmm. fact that college admissions offices are looking at the whole person, not just the numbers from their grades and test scores. Um, so that so extracurriculars really play into that holistic admissions process. Um, college admissions offices and officers are looking to, to see what they can glean about the student based on what they write about their extracurricular activities. Um, you know, and there's also a big piece of news uh, that just came out recently. Uh, the college board just got rid of the SAT2 subject test. So these mm-hmm. hour-long multiple choice exams that tested a student's uh, comprehension of a, a, a particular subject, as well as the essay portion of the SAT. So mm-hmm. what this means in the long term is that we're looking at uh, the possibility that more and more schools are going to go test optional, that they're, that the weight that SATs and different standardized tests used to carry are just maybe not going to be the same as they were in the past. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, we're, we're not in the business of making predictions, but uh, all the signs point towards the fact that extracurricular activities 
um, and the ways that students present that, how effectively they can present that are going to play an even more important role in uh, future cycles than even now. So in a typical application, how do colleges ask about your extracurriculars? Right. Uh, they ask for a lot of information, actually. So uh, first, there's an activities list. So almost mm -hmm. all schools are going to give you a chance to talk about how long you've part. So the name of the activity, the positions you might have held in that activity, how long you've done it, how many hours per week, and even a short summary about uh, the significance or the impact of that activity in your life or on your community. And they also might have some supplemental essays where, you know, they give you 150 to 300 words to talk about the significance and kind of expand on uh, the information you provide on the activities list. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. If the extracurricular was such an important part of your high school career that, you know, it's really left, um, it's, it's really made a difference in your life. You might even want to write about it uh, for one of, for your main personal statement. Uh, perhaps if you've done academic research. We have a lot of students who are able to do research in the STEM fields in particular, or maybe they are super involved in the visual arts or performing arts, and they want to send a video or a portfolio or an abstract of what they've done for their research. So there's so many different ways that, uh, that students can bring extracurriculars into their application. They might even have mm -hmm. a, a recommender, so someone beyond their classroom teachers, someone who's seen them firsthand excel at whatever extracurricular they're passionate about, who can speak to that in the application. So, you know, mm -hmm. from this, this list that I've provided right now, you can see that there are so many ways that you can use extracurriculars to help make the case that you have what it takes to not only get into that school, um, but really contribute once you reach campus. So why do you think colleges um, or why do you think extracurriculars are so important to colleges? Yeah, there, there, I think there are two stories that uh, to think about here. So one is the story about what extracurriculars say about the individual. Um, so mm -hmm. and then the other is what colleges have to do in order to build their class and, and make sure that they have a, a cohort of interesting people who are attending those schools. Um, so at the end of the day, you know, colleges don't want to just invest in people who are book smart, who are just able to make excellent grades, and that's it. What they want is students who are going to contribute to the entirety of the college experience. Who are the people that they can find that will join orchestra, the, join the orchestra, you know, be the tuba player, um, who will join the tennis team or the basketball team, who's going to lead um, a social justice initiative, who's going to start a new club that maybe people haven't heard of before, who's going to make a contribution mm -hmm. to that campus and really enrich the experience of all the students um, around them. And then what they want to happen is that not only are you doing that in, in college, but afterwards, you know, you're are you more likely to make a dynamic contribution to whatever sector that you end up in? Are you going to be a leader, someone who future applicants uh, quote or mention in their their future uh, essays and applications as a role model? Um, so if you have listened to a past episode in the series, you may have heard me talk about how colleges are looking for applicants who are bound for future success. 
So that's the mm -hmm. story that they're looking for. Who is bound for future success? And extracurriculars are a way to communicate that. Um, so I, I want to mm. note that participation in the extracurricular activity itself is not actually what's important, right? Um, what's important is how is, is what personality traits admissions officers can gleam about you based on what you write. So uh, we talked about Spark in the past. They're they're asking them. Admissions officers are asking themselves: Is this student, in the way they talked about their say leadership in a specific activity, are they showing that they can seize the day, that they're taking initiative, that they're taking responsibility? Are they showing that they have intellectual curiosity, they're taking risks, have a vision for what they're doing? Um, so colleges don't maybe use those exact same terms that we do, but sure. we found that if you use this framework, the SPARK framework to, uh, to drive how you talk about your extracurriculars and your applications, that will help you make the most persuasive case possible for your admission to any university that you want to attend. Here is Neha Kumar, a graduate of Northwestern University. Yeah, so I think um, my first my first interest um, that has carried through college and now has been dance. Mm -hmm. um, I've um, it's been my my biggest passion. Um, growing up, I trained in Indian classical dance, mm -hmm. um, did my R and Gatram, which is like a sort of big recital that you mm -hmm. do after about 10 years of, of training. Mm -hmm. um, was also very involved in the dance teams in my high school um, and the dance programs there. So that was, you know, my, my main interest. Mm -hmm. um, I think apart from from dance, I was also fairly plugged into um, the entrepreneurship scene. Um, I was an intern at a org called SV Forum, um, which essentially aims to bridge the gap between not um, between entrepreneurs and startups and VCs, and they host a lot of different events. Um, and I was doing a lot of social media for them throughout uh -huh. high school, uh -huh. um, which gave me a really good taste of you know the, the entrepreneurship life, the startup life, what everything that goes on in the Bay Area. Mm -hmm. um, so this was something that I that I did on the side as well. So I'd say that those two are my biggest interests in high school. So let's move over to Rob. Um, and let's switch gears a little bit and talk about what makes for a good extracurricular uh, in the eyes of a college or university. That sounds good. Yeah, so I would say that what makes for a good extracurricular, first and foremost, is something that you genuinely care about. And ideally, mm -hmm. ideally, an activity in which you have kind of a, a unique impact, or have learned or grown from in some kind of discernible way, um, all of which you're going to want to articulate to the college application, um, to the college admissions committee in your application. Um, and so mm -hmm. in terms of examples, these could really be anything from sports to student government to theater as some of the kind of classic ex examples um, to running your own business or volunteering at an orphanage um, or working a part-time job outside of school. Sure, sure. So, I mean, so there's a limitless list of things, I guess. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, um, you know, given that, given that we're talking to juniors to, right now, um, and the fact that there were what, six to eight months of real time left before the submissions, 
How many ECs are ideal uh, at this point? Yeah, so I would say that there are really two approaches um, or two sorts of kind of ideal applicants that adcoms tend to be looking at. So one uh, mm -hmm. would be the specialists, which are people who have these sort of deep commitments um, to a given activity or skill set. So typically they'll have... Um, you know, five plus years of commitment to say piano playing or, um, or playing baseball or, or something like that, that they've done for a long time sure. and, and have developed um, kind of a high level of, of skill. Um, mm -hmm. And the thing about being a, a specialist is I think generally people who fall into that profile are aware of it. They, they know mm -hmm. that they've got like a really, um, they've got a really strong skill set in a certain area. And um, mm -hmm. that is, is definitely smart to play up in your, your applications. Um, the other kind of side of the coin is the generalist or the person who's a bit more well-rounded and perhaps has mm -hmm. done a number of activities that display a number of different interests. Um, and I would say with, with that latter profile, um, you really want to be able to articulate how at least one of your activities um, has been sort of significant in your development as a person throughout your, your high school years. Um, mm -hmm. But having two or three can offer you additional opportunities to, as Athena mentioned, um, tease out these kind of meaningful experiences in your essays uh, that you can speak to. So when I when you're doing these ECs, um, what kind of role do you think a student should play in an EC so that it's noteworthy from a application point of view? Sure, I would say that there are a few different directions to go with this, um, and these are also not not exhaustive. But I would say that these are kind of the main ways to distinguish yourself within an extracurricular activity. Um, so the first would be leadership positions. Um, that's kind of a universally recognized way to evidence your commitment uh, or skill within an activity. So some of the classic examples might be like student body president or captain of the soccer mm -hmm. team, founder of a club. Um, these are really just clear ways to kind of indicate passion. They show that your, your peers within that activity respect you. Um, yeah, and that, that you've just kind of got, got a lot of, of love for that activity. Um, the second I would say are more like tactical achievements. Um, mm -hmm. so for example, if, if you within your activity have either individually won prizes or have contributed to the larger, um, larger goal of winning prizes or championships with your, with your, um, team, then that's mm -hmm. definitely worth mentioning on your applications. Um, and again, that could be anything from, you know, a national championship to an internal prize given to the person who has, who has the best attitude and kind of holds the group together. Um, sure. I think that those sorts of, those sorts of achievements are definitely worth highlighting. Um, mm -hmm. and then the third, which is kind of, in my opinion, the unsung hero of, um, of one's participation within extracurricular is just yeah. owning a distinctive initiative within your, your extracurricular. Um, so obviously, basically, you know, anyone can sign up for a bunch of clubs. 
but significantly mm -hmm. fewer students will be able to articulate what exactly they brought to the table. Um, and mm -hmm. so even if you aren't elected, you know, president of the group, you can have a singular impact. <laughs> and that's something that you can do, you know, even in, in the next six months. Um, and that really kind of evidence is the, the P in Spark, this idea of pursuing um, and taking ownership over your activities. So I'll give an example. If you happen to be on your school's sustainability council, let's say, um, which is mm -hmm. running a bunch of different initiatives around recycling, composting, energy reduction, um, and you're not the president, you're not kind of making dictates on priorities, but you find yourself with some mm -hmm. extra time, um, it could be a good way to evidence spark um, to compile your own research on, say, sustainable purchasing of school products like paper towels and toilet paper, um, and then bringing that aggregated research to your club and school administration um, to try to enact some change. Um, and I think that that's a really exciting opportunity just because it can be done in really any time frame. Um, and right. so even if, you know, you've got six, seven months, you can start thinking about how can I, within my extracurricular, have a unique kind of singular impact. But yeah, I would say regardless, the priority is that the student should be able to articulate what exactly they've accomplished and how they've grown personally through um, participation in extracurriculars. Here is Ike Wilson, a graduate of Yale University. What was my, what was I into in high school? I was the captain of the basketball team in high school. Mm -hmm. um, so I've always been really obsessed with basketball, soccer mm -hmm. as well. Um, mm -hmm. I knew that in, in uh, my college life, I would like to continue playing basketball in some capacity. Uh -huh. um, I was not recruited. I was not going to be a you know, Division I varsity athlete. Um, right, right. But, uh, you know, if it was a small-ish school, they, they could maybe have, like, a, a club program, which right. I ended up having. So I ended up yeah. being on the, the Yale club basketball team. Uh-huh. Um, so that was attractive to me. They were actually quite competitive, too, so that was cool. Uh-huh. Um, but just generally, you know, setting Yale aside and college choice aside. I mean, in, in high school, I was also very much into creative writing, uh, English, English classes. Um, mm -hmm. Was always a big fan of music and entertainment, movies. Um, mm -hmm kind of a music nerd, I suppose. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, I've always been weirdly good at knowing useless pop culture facts. Um, <laughs> so uh, what else? Travel and languages, I would say. I, I grew up actually going to a French international school in Palo Alto, California. Uh -huh. um, so that took me through eighth grade. Uh -huh. And so... I was among the minority, I would say. I was probably, it was probably 40% American, 60% French. Uh-huh. Um, so I, I grew up in my primary school years and middle school years, just kind of surrounded by international students. Yeah. You know? Uh... You know, these all sound good. The students of today, or for this particular batch, are going through these pandemic times. Um, so... You know, given that, what's some good advice or counsel we can give them as they navigate these ECs in this era, in this time frame? Yeah, it's a it's a good question. I think, obviously, so many things are remote now. 
Um, but mm-hmm. students should be looking at their activity lists and thinking about how they can continue to engage in a meaningful way in a virtual world. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of activities are kind of adaptable to the virtual setting. Um, and some are even more urgent. So for instance, I've spoken to students who um, are involved in service initiatives, um, such as remote mm-hmm. tutoring younger students who've been pulled out of, sc- out of school during COVID. Um, things mm-hmm. like that are, you know, kind of perf- perfectly done in a, a virtual environment and even more urgent because of um, this COVID context. Um, yeah, and then I also think that there's opportunity to discover new interests uh, that work in a virtual setting, be, be it joining a virtual book club or taking an online course. I know a lot of elite universities are offering um, some of their, their coursework online during covid um, mm-hmm. and using, if, if indeed you do have extra time right now, um, really using that time mm-hmm. for something meaningful, um, which could be, you know, any of the above, as well as, um, exploring any other kind of unexplored interests, uh, in your free time. Mm. That's, you know, that's all very good advice. Now, any before we close out on this topic, anything else you want to add? Um, yeah, I mean, I think that the the main takeaway, there's only two, two real ways to kind of um, mess up with, with extracurriculars. And I would say the first is to sign up for everything um, and to kind of, yeah. yeah, fall prey to the myth that breadth over depth um, will get you into top colleges. Uh, The trouble with Mm -hmm. this is that it doesn't really illustrate a clear commitment or genuine passion. Mm -hmm. And it fails, again, Mm -hmm. in reference to what Athena was saying earlier, to kind of paint a cohesive picture of who you are as a person. Um, And then the second one is kind of the opposite, which is to sign up for nothing. and, mm-hmm. and so I would say, as long as you can kind of avoid those two and figure out, you know, one or two things that you are interested in, um, as well as what your right. kind of distinctive impact can be within those, um, they, they should be really compelling for a college app. So, um, Athena and uh, Rob, do you guys have a couple more minutes? Um, since I had the two experts, I thought I could run a situation by you. Of I got course. this uh, email from a student. Got this email from a student who wants some counsel, and I thought I could get some free advice for him here. Sounds good. Um, but, yep, uh, we're ready. <laughs> okay, <laughs> you are ready. Awesome. Um, so we've got this student who we shall call Wan. Um, He's really into science. He's taking all the science courses and his dream is to go to the US and pursue a STEM-based education and later on maybe become a doctor. Uh, He's doing well in school, getting top grades. He's his class rep, his teachers like him, does a lot of volunteer work at the local orphanage. Now, the only unfortunate thing is that his school and his the city where he lives, they don't have a whole bunch of extracurriculars 
for him, except for sports, which he's a part of, but he isn't exactly doing too well. He's not a standout sportsman of any kind. So he's kind of pondering what his um, extracurricular strategy should be for the remaining months mm. of the year. And uh, I believe he's in the 11th grade. Okay. So, he's a junior. so yeah. limited time. Got it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Who wants to go first? I can, I can go first. Um, yeah. Please. Yeah. Sure. So- I think that this kind of dovetails nicely with what I was saying before um, about mm-hmm. having having kind of a unique initiative that can display his commitment. Um, so you mentioned mm-hmm. that he uh, does some service. He does volunteer work at a local orphanage, um, as well as mm-hmm. uh, works as a class representative. Um I would say Mm -hmm. that he should look into taking on kind of a a bigger leadership role, either with class class representation. So depending on on kind of the structure Mm -hmm. of that, um, there's potential for if he's already on student government, say, um, he could figure Mm -hmm. out what what does he want his kind of legacy to be when he leaves his high school um, and -hmm. and figure out how he can propose that to the class representatives um, widely as well as to the student body. Um, alternatively, I mm-hmm. think he could deepen his involvement in service at the orphanage, um, which again could be just spending more time there um, or mm-hmm. could mm-hmm. be starting kind of a unique project. So say they're not offering um, you know, tutoring or educational resources at the orphanage. He could volunteer himself sure. um, to start working with um, some of some of these kids on, say, their math homework, um, and that could just be a way for him to bring his skill set and have a really distinct impact on his existing extracurriculars. And then, I would say my other <laughs> idea is that he could do a bit of soul searching and think of. So, I mean, it sounds like his school is not offering a ton of extracurriculars they have sports and a couple of other options Mm um i'm not sure if Mm -hmm. that's uh just a limitation in terms of resources or if um not many students have brought other options to the table um and so i do think Mm -hmm. that van could could give some thought as to okay what do i wish had existed at my high school for for the four years that i was here um and try to get some faculty and other students behind whatever that idea is to get it off the ground. Yeah, I I like that, Rob. And and I mean, that your suggestions for expanding on, uh, for Van expanding on his leadership and his existing extracurriculars or starting something new, I think that speaks to the Spark Mm -hmm. framework. So when we think about S for seizing, P for pursuing, um, A for asking, R for risk-taking, C for creating, um, right. crafting, that there are ways that he could communicate that on his application in the future that can hit at all of these letters. Um, so that's great. But I guess what I'm, my questions are, um, you know, with his interest in STEM and his desire to pursue medicine, I mean, this is a noble 
noble cause. I was once <laughs> pre-med myself. I get it. Um, but I know it's also really competitive to, you know, go for applications, especially if you're, you know, coming from abroad to the U.S. Um, so mm -hmm. I'm, my question is, you know, how can he stand out in terms of his science studies? Um, because it's great that he is making top grades in all his classes, but maybe there's more that he can do to show how he is intellectually curious beyond uh, his courses. Um, so, you know, it, in addition to what you're saying, Rob, I'm, I'm also thinking about what if he joined an online international STEM competition, mm. which there are more of nowadays because thanks COVID. Um, <laughs> so, you know, I'm thinking of something like the Breakthrough Challenge um, where students from all over the world are able to make a video about a specific concept in science and present that to people um, on the internet or something like that. Something that shows that independently he's he's taking the time to, to, uh, to share, to learn and share his knowledge with others. Um, and my other idea is uh, it, it's a bit more um, typical, I would say at this point, there are a lot of, it's to take an online class in a topic that his school isn't covering. Um, and so I know it's mm -hmm. more typical because a lot more people are just taking these courses nowadays. But if, if we know that in his context, we'd have to ask him, right? But if in his context that there's a very limited number of courses he can take um, and he does have a deeper interest in genetics, let's say, or um, some very specific subtopic of biology that his school just doesn't offer, but he can find a mm -hmm. course of interest um, offered online, then, I mean, that could be another way to substantiate his, his interest in science. Um, so, I mean, that's just something that I'm thinking about. I <laughs> no, I like that. I yeah. like that as well. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I think so. I mean, returning to this park framework, I think that mm -hmm. those are, are great ways to, as you said, kind of evidence his intellectual curiosity, kind of show that he's um, he's strong in like the the asking or a a department. Yeah, um, <laughs> but I would I would also say, um, I mean, part of part of my recommendation for how you should. Uh, go about making this decision is there's almost um, there's almost kind of a, a breakdown between um, him choosing to sort of deepen an existing com commitment and really like display mm -hmm. his passion for those existing commitments versus mm -hmm. um, versus kind of supplementing his profile or uh, substantiating some of his stated interests um so i would say that he should determine what feels like the biggest profile or the biggest priority rather uh for his profile at this point whether that's to mm -hmm. really um kind of dig deep into his existing commitments or if he wants to um yeah have some kind of evidence behind uh what he says are his academic interests uh, and he should pursue that that direction. Yeah, I mean, it, oh, sorry. I mean, it. it no, no, no. Go yeah, ahead. Yeah, I, I think it sounds right. It sounds like what you're saying. What I'm, I'm, I'm nodding my head. I know we're on a podcast. <laughs> can't see it. Um, but yeah, I feel like the answer here is that um, to you're right. Like deepening his existing commitments, and so the fact that he can show how how he's sort of taking initiative and going beyond with his existing commitments and the fact that 
by doing that, he'll be able to show more of the spark rather than just the A, the A department, as you said. Um, I think that makes the the uh, suggestions that you gave probably more pertinent um, for Van's context. Um, so, I mean, that sounds. That's. I think that's the recommendation that we would make. <laughs> Van Gat. Sure. Uh, but of course, we'd have to ask you know more questions. But th that's the kind of thinking that goes into this. It's really totally. unique for each student. I would also. I would also add that he can. Um, there will be additional opportunities on the application for him to kind of substantiate substantiate his interest in science. Right. Um, so right. specifically, mm -hmm. I would say um, if he were going to go with um, with kind of deepening his commitment to his service at the orphanage, he could ask for his recommendations from math and science teachers um, who can really speak to his proficiency and interest in STEM. Yeah. Okay. So sounds like you guys are recommending that he stay the course, deepen his commitment in the two areas. Um, one is maybe student government and the other one is the orphanage. Right. And look for other avenues for expressing his interest in science mm -hmm. or STEM in general. Yep. Fantastic. Good luck, so, Ben. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Well, he might be in one of these podcasts very soon doing the same thing. <laughs> okay. That's true. okay. Hi. Quick question. Are you doing the assignments as well? If not, Email podcast at almamatters.io, subject line assignments. Do it right away. Thanks. Okay, Rob. Um, I thought um, you could talk a little bit about why school breaks are so important for, you know, the rising senior, um, at least from a point of view of college applications. Sure. So when we, when we say school breaks, we're really referring to summer or holiday breaks, uh, which of course differ significantly country to country. And in, in the States, we have, you know, two to three month summer breaks, uh, mm -hmm. but of course don't have the same uh, world worldwide. Um, so we recognize that some students will have quite a bit of time while others will not. Um, but I would say that the priority or the opportunity is if you do have time, to use it to showcase your spark and boost this extracurricular profile. Mm -hmm. um, so the primary benefit of having these kind of longer chunks of time is that you can really deep, deep dive into one of your interests. Um, I think school breaks are an awesome time to conduct research, work mm -hmm. internships, mm -hmm. dive deeply into service, travel, uh, and a number of other things that you don't really have time to do just after school or on weekends. Um, and a lot of these opportunities are still available to us during COVID. Um, so I'll, I'll turn it over to Athena to offer a bit more thinking on a productive use of school breaks. Yeah. So, uh, I think that if listeners ha are gleaming what is the most important thing to remember from all of this, as Rob and I keep saying, it's about how you're able to communicate your spark to uh, to colleges through your extracurriculars and your summer and your school breaks. I think the first thing to do when you are thinking about a productive use of school break is, is something very simple, which is to ask yourself, 
how much time you actually have in the next few months. So for all of my, all of our listeners out there who are uh, juniors in high school in your third year, you have a few months until actual college applications uh, open up for you to, to start on. Um, so you have to backwards plan from that and understand, okay, maybe I have two months available to do something, maybe I only have a week or two to make things happen, but you have to realistically plan out what you can do with the knowledge of your deadlines coming up in November to apply and then in January and February for the final applications. Here is Srihari Balaji, a sophomore at Union College, New York. So during the summer break between grade 11 and grade 12, I worked with a education startup called Breathe Physics. I was the lead content developer and editor for the team. I'd been working with the organization since uh, the commencement of junior mm-hmm. year. So I just followed on, continued with that project during the summer break mm-hmm. as well. So the goal of the project was to uh, design uh, modules, basically to create hands-on modules in physics, specifically in the field of mechanics mm-hmm. for uh, underprivileged high school students. So it's basically to explain concepts of statics and dynamics in a more intriguing and more fun way to students from underprivileged backgrounds, especially grade 11 and 12 students across the state of Tamil Nadu. Mm. And that project was um, essentially a continuation of what I did from grade 11. So in grade 11, I focused on electricity and magnetism, but I also dabbled my feet into the uh, domain of mechanics. Mm-hmm. But during the summer, I focused more intensively on uh, concepts pertaining to springs and uh, strings and other uh, other. Uh, topics in statics. Hmm. Um, Rob already said some really great ways to spend your break, but I think that it's important to address some of the the myths, bust some myths, that's what we're going to do right now, about (laughs) Mm -hmm. what works um, or what you should be doing during your school breaks. And this can also translate into general advice for extracurriculars as well. Um, The first one is that there's a lot of uh, hoopla around the pre-college program. Um, As you may know, there are many universities out there, I think in my last count, hundreds, it's in the hundreds of schools that offer usually residential programs, although this summer that might be different with COVID. Um, So a program where uh, students can take classes, live on the campus, uh, get to know what, sort of preview the college experience before actually going to college. A lot of people have the idea that you need to attend the, the summer program of a brand name university. And if you do that, you will most likely be admitted to that school. So for example, if you attend Harvard's summer uh, program, you are gonna have a way better chance of getting into Harvard. That is absolutely not true. Uh, that <laughs> please do not, it's okay to sign up for these programs. They can be really enriching and valuable for your personal growth, but do it because you want to attend that program and because you want to learn whatever they're teaching, not because you think it'll give you an automatic boost, because it doesn't. Um, a sort of relate On a related note, the idea that I need to do X and you can insert whatever specific thing, um, whether it's internship, I need to do an internship or I won't get into this business administration program as an undergrad. I need to do scientific research or else I won't be able to pursue biology. Um, Shout out to Van uh, from our last segment who we talked about. Um, So this idea that you need to do this very specific thing and that lends itself to an automatic in, 
that is, again, not the case. Um, if you've been following along, you, I think, I hope that the understanding is that it's actually really uh, different from one student to the next. And it's, it's about how that confluence, how you show that confluence of factors within Spark and how effectively you do that on the application. Uh, the final thing is that uh, we understand that there are many students who have very particular family circumstances. Perhaps you have to hold down a job during the school year or do it during your breaks. Maybe you have to help take care of, of family members um, or you know, maybe there's some other sort of exceptional circumstance that has hindered your ability to participate in the traditional sets of extracurriculars that you might've heard of. Um, so I want to assure everyone that that is okay. Uh, universities understand that these, these situations come up and you just wanna make sure you give an, uh, um, an explanation of your circumstances and do so in a way that shows uh, your initiative and your ability to take responsibility um, and that you're not, it's not just stopping you from, from doing your best. Um, so again, the most important thing to remember is how you're showing that spark through your extracurriculars and through your summer break activities. So, do we have any uh, assignments for the listeners, the students this time? Yes, of course we do, because we are college admissions counselors, and we always want to give students assignments to, to help them <laughs> <laughs> know, what, uh, to help them follow up on what we just talked about. Um, so uh, what we would like all our listeners to do is, I mean, you're, they're probably wondering, well, okay, they've talked a lot about Spark. How much Spark am I showing in my own extracurriculars right now? That is a great question. What I want our listeners to do is to make uh, your CV, make your, or your resume, or some sort of list of all the activities that you've participated in during high school. Don't leave anything out. Even if you're not sure if it should go on this list, include it anyway send it to us and we are going to assess it using the spark model and we will tell you how much spark you are showing in your extracurricular activities so if you're able to show to send that to us then we can help you understand your own unique situation and if you sign up for the podcast we'll be able to provide more resources to help guide you on your quest uh, to achieve greatness in your extracurriculars and your school break activities Hi again. Hope you liked segment two of the podcast series and found it useful. In this segment, we covered one, the importance of extracurriculars and how to evaluate your extracurriculars using the SPARK model. Two, how to ensure that the summer break is both productive and effective. As mentioned earlier, based on this segment, we have an assignment for students in the 11th grade you can get our counselors' feedback on those assignments. Now, you have to subscribe to get the assignments. It's easy to subscribe. Just email podcast at almamatters.io with the subject line, Assignments. We will send you an email with instructions on the assignments. As before, here's a great deal for you. Submit your completed assignments before our next segment is published and you'll get a free review by our counselors. So hurry up. And by the way, if you miss segment one, now's the time to do those assignments as well. 
Thank you all so much for listening to our podcast today. Our March segment will be on college application strategy and the April segment on application essay writing. So stay tuned. This series is being created in collaboration with Admissionado, a US-based college counseling company that has counseled and guided thousands of students globally with a with tremendous success for more than a decade. Transcripts for this podcast and previous podcasts are on almamatters.io/podcasts. To stay connected with us, subscribe to Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts or Spotify or visit anchor.fm forward slash alma matters to check us out till we meet again take care and be safe thank you